Welcome to From the Sidelines, an unfiltered look inside the sports industry, a production of the Hart School of Hospitality, Sport, and Recreation Management at James Madison University. I'm Ashley Doyle, an alumni of the Hart School. And I'm Dr. Joshua Pate, a professor in sport and recreation management at the Hart School. This podcast is presented by the Hart School Alumni Network. The purpose of the Hart School Alumni Network is to develop lifelong heartfelt connections and professional growth opportunities between students, faculty, alumni, and their communities. To learn more about how to get involved, please visit our link in our bio. Here is this month's episode. Today we have Dallas Jackson with us. He graduated from JMU with his bachelor's in sport recreation management in 2021 is currently getting his master's degree in sport recreation and leadership and is currently working as a graduate assistant for JMU Duke's lead as his time in undergrad he was a baseball player who position was outfield and during his time as well as a student in undergrad and as a student athlete he was involved in SAC and made an impact through COVID and the social injustice that happened throughout his time. Um, so Dallas, welcome Thank to you. Thank you. our podcast. Um, happy to have you. If you could just start by kind of walking us through um, your journey, I guess, as just like a student, what you were involved in, why you decided to continue on your education and be in sports on the other side. Perfect. So first I want to thank you guys for having me, of course. Um, Yeah, so my journey really started, let's go back to my senior year of high school. So I was getting recruited by JMU to play baseball here. Um, I actually decided to run track as well um, the spring of my senior year, along with baseball. And during that time, I actually got recruited heavily for track and field. And it kind of segued and everyone was thought I was going to decommit and not come to JMU, but I stuck to my commitment as I should and um, came here to JMU. My freshman year, um, I dealt with a little bit of adversity. I had a season ending hand surgery that kind of set me back and kind of set me apart from the team because I was in therapy, out of therapy, in surgery, out of surgery. But um, coming back to the team, the rest of the three years made it kind of easy. my sophomore year, I think that's when I really started to get involved. Freshman year, I just want to get my feet wet as a student athlete, see the lay of the land, see how everything works as a Division One college athlete. Um, my sophomore year, I got more involved, and that's when I first joined SAC as a member. Um, just being a SAC member, being um, in a subcommittee, um, then doing. Can you explain what that is? Because student athletes will know, but non-student athletes may have never heard of that acronym before. Gotcha. So uh, Jamie Sack is Student Athlete Advisory Committee. So these are student athletes that are basically representing their teams and they're the voice for the student athletes back to administration. Um, They're involved, there's different subcommittees, they're administrative, student athlete wellness, diversity, communications, um, community service. Um, So these different subcommittees do different things within JMU athletics. Um, And there's also a a nice little setting for to bring all the student athletes together collectively from different 
teams um, because of their season, they not necessarily might be um, collaborating together all the time. So my junior year, that's when I, um, I think I reached out to Meredith and I said I wanted to be a chair member. I ended up kind of collaborating with Felicity and Sinead Sargent with that diversity chair. Um, I was super involved back at home with the social and racial injustices. I actually wrote a um, petition that got the name of my high school changed from the Lee Davis Confederates to now Mechanicsville High School. So that's like a proud thing that I tell everyone because it was a lot of hard work and dedication. I know in writing that I got it reviewed like, I feel like a hundred times to make sure the wording was correct before I put it out in the public. Then moving on to my senior year, doing my internship with Duke's lead. I know I wanted to be in leadership development. I love working hands-on with student athletes. Um, and my philosophy that we're more than athletes, it's more than what we do on the field. It's also what we do off the field as well. You see professional athletes taking the time to enhance their leadership development skills by seeing them establish schools in LeBron James and after school programs like um, Travis Kelsey with the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think we're more than athletes. And reality is that we're all not going to go professional. Um, reality is that you're going to have to grow up and get a big boy job or a big girl job one day and be in the professional world. So establishing these skills that Duke's lead offers, I think is vital for the development of our student athletes. So that's why I'm in leadership and development. And luckily, as Meredith's intern, when Ashley Doyle accepted her new job, I just slid my way into the GA job, which was kind of perfect timing, of course. Happy for Ashley, of course. But thank you for that. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, that's kind of my journey as a student athlete and I've been involved with Jamie Athletics. Um, so yeah. Dallas, like, you know, we could have an episode for every one of those points that you just made, right? Like we can have an episode just focused on changing your high school's name we can have an episode focused just on moving into leadership roles uh, as a student athlete. We could have an episode on continuing your education. Um, so we may just rebook you for the next four or five. Episodes. That's fine. I love I love this. As soon as Ashley sent me the email asking me to do this, I said, absolutely. You tell me, I'm sign me up. I got you. Well, can I, can I uh, derail the plan just for a second? I'm fascinated mm -hmm. by um the fact that you, as a, as what you said, your sophomore year of college, uh, you went back home and said, we got to change the name of our high school, uh, the Lee Confederates, um, not necessarily uh, an appropriate name for a high school um, team anymore. You know, back in the day, it might have been okay. And so uh, now it certainly is not. Uh, and I would argue it probably was never okay, but it was more socially right. acceptable, right? And Absolutely. now... Uh, definitely not part of, of what we do, or rightfully so. So um, what was that like for you as a, you know, a young adult, um, probably seeking guidance from multiple voices uh, and ready to make a change? Um, I would imagine you got a little bit of pushback from folks who had been around your community for quite a long time, uh, from school officials. Well, can you walk us through that real quickly? Just a man, you know. Yeah. So um, during that time, one of them, my really good friends who plays baseball at another um, college at High Point in North Carolina reached out to me and said, you're super involved at Lee Davis. You're super involved at JMU. Like, I think you should use your platform to write this petition with the guidance of others to um, get the name change of you guys' high school. 
And my first reaction was like, me? Like, you sure you want me to do it? Um, so I took some time, obviously, to think this through because I know once it's out in the public, in the society we live in, people can misconstrue words and they can turn back and be backlash on you. So talked to my parents about it, talked to some of our mentors, and they said, why not you? And I said, you're right. So I wrote it. Like I said, I feel like I got it reviewed one million times um, by different mentors, like different people that like had like no opinion on it, um, just so to make sure the wording is correct. Then once it was out, it was out. Um, there are some reporters that reach out to me asking me just for a statement or asking me the same type of question, like what led you to do this? Um, then it got reviewed by our um, school board office. Um, it got voted on. Um, they voted four to three, four to two to change it. Um, the community actually, they actually asked me if I wanted to say in the new school name and I actually did not. I said, leave it up to the community. Um, it's not my school. I said, there's other kids that go there other than me. Um, leave it up to the community. So the community was able to submit a name of the, the next high school name. And then once the committee of the school board office, they like narrowed it down to like five, then they put it out again and let committee, I mean, let the community vote on it. So, I mean, it was a pretty long process. Um, honestly, I did not think it was gonna happen, um, but when it did, of course, I was like, wow. And I actually found out through social media I didn't even find out like through like a, a nice professional email, saw it on Twitter. Um, I was like, no way this is happening. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it all went. Well, I mean, it's such a powerful move by a young adult like yourself. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, you know, of course, I got to give the credit to others. There are many other people that helped me through the process. It wasn't just me. Um, I asked some of my other peers what they thought or some of the their ideas and notions about it. Um, and I use some of their words and stuff, but yeah, it was great. Well, that's, that's huge um, for someone in your platform and, and your um, position just to be able to make an influence on your hometown like that. What? Like, I'm upset we didn't know about that. <laughs> in athletics, <laughs> like athletics should have done a story on it. Like that's where I'm at. It was kind of, it was kind of low key. I mean, not low key, but like, I didn't like, I didn't like publicize it, I guess you can say. Did you get any pushback on that? Like, technically, like you were a student athlete. So, and now like NIL is a thing. So it was more open, but I look at it as like, did like our communications team know you were doing this? Cause like, also they you know like the protection part of that piece, right. I guess, is where I'm getting at too. Cause right. like there could be negative that comes. Oh yeah. hundred percent. So I was taking a big risk. Um, like I said, I didn't really want it out in the public. Um, honestly, people knew like the petition was out, but they kind of didn't really know who wrote it. Um, okay. when we put it out at the bottom, um, in very fine print was my name. Um, so yes, JMU Communications did not know. The only people from JMU that knew were my coaches because I got guidance through them, asked for ideas and what they thought. And of course they assisted me the correct way. But, and JMU Communications came up during that meeting with them saying, do you want them to know because of the backlash, because of the protection portion? And I said, no, nah. I said, I think this, this, this is about me and I don't want to put any other name or brand in jeopardy. And I don't want to come out jammy baseball player 
Dallas Jackson did this. I just wanted to be Dallas Jackson did this. So I was taking a risk, of course, like you say, like in the protection portion, but at the same time, I didn't want to put Jamie's brain out there and it had really nothing to do with them. What did they change to? What, what did they change the name to? It's Mechanicsville High School and now they're the Mustangs. Okay. You pleased with that? Oh yeah, perfectly fine. I think one thing too is like, just patting you on the back props to you. Like we did work together at some point, um, just you guys during the 2020 year, I was with you guys a lot um, and just in the meetings and hearing those voices and even with the committee. And so um, I think one thing that you had such like an impact on and we had talked like when I was transitioning out and you kind of transitioned in, it was like, I want to bring programs into Duke's lead and it involved around the social injustice and like, like male athletes and like offering them more. And I know we both kind of talked about that as well. So if you want to touch on like, just like the programs you have brought in and like the importance of those and just like the impact you've seen with just from where we were in 2020 to now. And just in terms of diversity or everything? Just everything. Again, I think Pate's right. Like we could That's touch fine. on, you're like a podcast for like part five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fine. I'll try to do little tidbits of everything. So since you've, we've last spoken, when, like you said, when you were transitioning, I was transitioning, transitioning in, a lot of things have unwrapped. Um, good things. Um, Diversity-wise, um, the CAA has um, expanded um, committees for our student-athletes. So not only there's a diversity chair for student-athletes, there's one for student-athletes and there's one for student-athletes and administration. So before it was just the administration student-athletes together. So that's one thing that has expanded. Within Duke's lead, um, we've added the Leadership Academy. Um, the Leadership Academy is a selected group of student-athletes from each team, and they are going through different courses and um, seminars to expand their leadership um, skills. They're also reading a book right now called The Leadership Habit, which goes along with their seminars that they are attending. Um, also, we've added affinity groups. So these affinity groups are groups that allow our student athletes to collectively come together um, with like-minded people to have discussion. Um, Duke's Let's Talk was, is an example of our, one of our affinity groups. We also have LG, LGBTQ plus um, friends that we have conservative student athletes. We have student athletes of faith are also known as FCA. Um, we have, oh, we just added Body Positive Dukes, which is run by Lauren Hartman, our um, nutritionist. Um, and I think I named all of them. I don't want to leave one out. I think those are all of them. So these are affinity groups that we got up running. Some of them are new. Some of them have were here when you were here, um, Ashley. So that's new. Oh, ooh, we have added a professional toolkit. So during my interview process, I really stressed. Um, I went to the actually, so how I came about, I went to the Black Student Athlete Summit, which is in um, Austin, Texas. JMU actually sent me and Mike Johnson there to attend. It was virtual and we learned a lot. And one of the things one of the speakers um, addressed was having type, some type of toolkit, having skills that you know that you can lean back on when it comes to job interviews and finding a job. 
and your just your career in general. So I brought that idea back to Duke's lead. Um, I said, I think I want the student athletes to have something tangible when they leave here. And that's what exactly the professional toolkit is. So we split it up in four, obviously four grades, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Um, and each grade, there's a freshman fall, sophomore fall, junior fall, et cetera, senior fall. Then they do a module for the spring as well. Um, so the DISC assessment is for the freshmen. They'll complete the DISC assessment to learn about their leadership behaviors. Sophomore fall, they'll be completing a um, resume builder worksheet, just adding things, things that they've done in the community or experiences or work that they can add to the resume. Junior fall, they're actually submitting their resume to get feedback from myself, Meredith, and Jake Van Ropel, who's one of our academic advisors, alongside with um, Carolyn Smith from the, career, from the Career Center. Then senior year, they're submitting a cover letter to also get feedback on from us to help us guide them and aid them if they need any, have any questions or concerns with that. Um, we've also added optional um, personal statement routes for people who are trying to apply to grad school um, if they need help with that. So we added those three major, um, those major things to Duke's lead. Um, I feel like the programming has expanded and we're constantly coming up with new things. Uh, we have Dukes, support Dukes. I don't know if they had that when you were here, Ashley, but each team is picking a Duke supports Dukes game um, competition for a different sport. So basically the entire team goes to support a different team at their competition. So for example, um, men's baseball, went, the whole men's baseball team went to the women's soccer team, a women's soccer game versus I think Virginia Tech at home. So it's called Duke support Dukes. Um, that's up. Um, so yeah, those are just a few tidbit things that we've added to Duke's lead. Uh, like I said, I feel like we um, are continuing to expand and bring in new speakers. We brought in some of some speakers that we've had good feedback from. I don't know if you remember Charles Clark, the mental health speaker. He came back this past year. We had um, we had Harry Dunn, the Capitol Police officer, who testified to the Supreme Court. He came back and spoke to our student athletes. Um, so we're getting some great speakers in here, having some great workshops, and luckily the programming is done for the for the fall. We're all looking towards the spring now. We just had a meeting yesterday talking about programming for the spring. I'm like, it's just December, <laughs> but that's how it works. Continuous work. But I love it. A lot I could say. I could talk all day here. Um, I, I was going to ask, like, you know, what when those programming, when that programming, and you bring that idea, um, I would imagine that you've got a little bit of credibility among the student athletes because you were in those shoes very recently. And so right. what's the feedback like, or, um, you know, sometimes we can put all these ideas out and student students in general just don't buy it on them. Right. Uh, don't attend or don't show up. What, what's the response been like for you, especially rolling out a new program among student athletes? Great. Great. It's been like great feedback. Um, it's actually like, I always tell people my perspective is very unique. I always brag about my GA, um, being freshly removed from being a student athlete and working now directly with student athletes who are my peers, who are my friends. Um, it was a transition for them and myself, um, me stepping away from the, I'm like, I'm still your friend, but like, you can come in my office and we could talk. And also like them the same way, like saying like, oh, Dallas is part of administration now. And so you, we have to respect them as these, as you would any of, our, any of our other administrators. So in that role, it's been great. Um, also, my perspective is unique because I know what the student athletes want. I was a student athlete. So when we get a teamworks message or 
subtype or other message, Duke's lead message, and we read it and we're like, oh, like I know, I know what they're thinking. I know, I know what they want. So that's a great thing. So like even now, like the people I work with, Mary F. Jake, Jen, like we have ideas and stuff like that. And when they say something, I'm like, nah, that's not gonna work. Cause like I know what, how the student athlete thinks. Like I was just one of them like this past spring. Like I get it. So I think that's helped us a lot. Um, I'm not saying just because I think it's interesting, everyone else will. However, um, I think I have pretty good taste on what they want, what's going to be useful for them. Um, and of course, I, of course, I still talk to them like outside the office. So I'm like, what would you think about this? You just put a bug in there just to see what one person would say. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. So it's just like a little side note in the back of my mind. I mean, also, it's easier for them to connect with me because obviously I said I'm their peer. So instead of maybe necessarily sending like a formal email out, they'll just text me, message me on Instagram. Um, just So I think they feel comfortable. First, it was a little bit of a uh, change for them and myself, but I think um, now it's great. They're coming to me, the coaches are coming to me, the coaches are emailing me directly instead of going through Meredith and the Meredith forwarded to me. So I'm getting, a, I think I'm getting a, a little bit of credibility and I love it. That's gotta be critical into developing not just programming, but developing a trust among student athletes, particularly first year student athletes who are coming in. Uh, now they right. have expectation. And um, if they if we've got senior student athletes who do know you and, and you know, are friends with you, uh, those first year student athletes can see that and mimic that or follow the leader. Um, and it just kind of uh, it, it adds to the culture and builds the culture stronger um, in that program. So it's great. I think it's good that like they have you um, as a peer. I think that's one thing like we would definitely were missing. And when I did a lot of research on other institutions that had a program like Duke's Lead, a lot of them did have student athletes more involved interning like those positions. I was fortunate enough to have my sister who's a student athlete and be like, all right, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Like what you're saying is putting a bug in their ear. I was like, what do you think? I don't think this. I don't think, but I don't know. Like, I don't know what y'all's experience is, um, but I know through her yeah. eyes what her experience was. And so it's very, it's the same. Yes, it may be, she may be D3 and you guys were D1, but it's still the same. Like you guys still are going through the same experiences just at a bigger, smaller level. Um, so like commend you for that. I think that's awesome. But I also know it was a harder transition to like with that peer relationship and like that like professional relationship um you know like yeah. there's that gray area so you got to be careful with that too and like the biggest thing i think the turning point of them saying like oh dallas is the real deal is them coming in my office trying to slide a duke seat point <laughs> i'm like nah i put in way too much work for the program with this you're mm -hmm. going like don't try to come in here and ask like oh like oh, no no you aren't no you aren't it doesn't hurt and especially baseball because they think they're they are my boys they always will be and they come in and the DJ, I'm like, nah, don't DJ me. Say, <laughs> like, you're going. That's great. Just from the student athlete perspective. And I know like, I'm a big podcast head. Clearly this is how this came about um, too, but I have listened to I Am Athlete, which is by um, a couple past professional athletes um Brandon Marshall like it's his brand that he goes off of um mm -hmm. 
And I know that recently, a lot lately in the past two years, mental health has become such a topic, but also I saw it in you guys when we worked together in 2020. Um, I saw it in my sister. Um, it was a lot on you guys, but it was also, there's like this pressure on male athletes, I think more to be this macho person and like, you guys don't have emotions. You have to be like strong all the time and like being vulnerable and like, Hey, guess what? Like I'm actually dealing with this and I don't feel okay. Um, so like kind of talk us through, I don't like, I don't want to put you on the spot, but just in general, overall, like how no. do you, have you seen that, I guess, become more forefront and focus and like made you guys made male athletes feel more comfortable just being like, Hey, like, I have issues too. Like mine matter too. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm glad you brought this up because in my research class with Dr. Shonk, I did my literature review on basically the assessing the primary and secondary stressors of mental health within college athletics in comparison to non-college athlete. Um, Cause I empathize and see that student athletes and non-student athletes both go through things um, on obviously various different scales. And one of the things like research has found for student athletes is their self-identity and that pressure, um, that perfectionism that they're trying to hold their self to, and which is honestly almost impossible. I mean, none of us are perfect. We're gonna have mistakes. But from the student athlete perspective, um, for me, honestly, Mental health, like obviously it's always been important. And even now with Simone Biles and I think Everson Griffin from the Vikings who just had his episode as well and came out and spoke about that. I think, and I tell the student athletes, the more that we can speak about it and just confront it, I think the better off we will be. Um, bottling it all in, trying to be the tough guy, tough girl. I don't think that's the, that's, that's not the answer. Use your resources. Um, and I think in saying that, like when we have meetings with student athletes and I tell them that like, it's okay to not like, to not be okay. Like it's completely fine. Like I, like I know, like I know when people say like, oh, I hear you, I feel you. And they're like, oh no, you don't. Like I actually feel you. Like I was actually in your shoes. So when I speak to the freshman, I'm like, I was, I hear you. I know exactly what you're going through. You're away from home for the first time. Um, college courses, um, you're your rigorous schedules, you got practice, you got study hall. I get it. I understand. I know what you're going through. However, taking a step back and um, speaking to someone that you feel comfortable with or whatever works for you, that's important. Like do things that's important for you. Do things that are going to help you. And for me, that's kind of what I lived by um, when I struggled with mental health or like if I was stressed about something, but moving to like when I was a senior, and I can help others, that's, and even now, that's what I kind of preach, like, what makes you happy, what brings you joy, and whatever that is, find time in your schedule, put aside something else, find time in your schedule to do that, to help with your mental health, to accommodate your mental health, um, I think that's, I think that's one of the things that people continue to, like, tell me, like, thank you for, like, whatever makes you happy, whatever brings you joy, find, set aside some time to do that, it might not be a lot of time because I know you have a busy schedule, but find some time to do that. And I think um, you're going to reap the benefits of it. You're going to see, you're going to see great things come from it. So, yeah. 
And I could talk all day about mental health. That could be a whole podcast. <laughs> yes, so well, what was, did you have a go-to? Did you have a, a place? Like, I mean, I think we all have, uh, now we're getting a little personal, right? Uh, but oh, yeah, no, you're fine. what was, uh, what, what is an escape for you or what's a way that you can, cause I mean, not only are you hearing, um, what others may share with you or your friends in your circle may share with you, but you also got to manage a GA position and you also got to manage a, uh, a grad school and a research class right now. And uh, Ashley and I talk a lot about this very thing that um, at, this is one of the reasons that we started this is that sometimes you think that working in a sport environment is just all squeaky clean and beautiful and perfect and, and it's, it's not so yeah. um what's what what is that like for you yeah so for me it harps on my my values and beliefs um my family is very important to me so as a student athlete first two things first things i would do talk to mom and dad um they talk to me differently um they expect different things they expect the same greatness out of me but in different ways um, talking to dad about baseball and talking to mom about baseball or talking to dad about life, talking to mom about life are two different, two different conversations. And it's great. I love it. Um, come from a very close knit family. Um, we articulate what we feel. So like, first I'll talk to them. Second thing, I'm a big podcast person myself. So Inking Johnson, as everyone would probably re rely on as a student athlete, listen to him speak. Um, Steve Furnick, my faith is very important to me. Listen to Elevation Church. Um, his podcast as well. Um, so those are probably the, those four little things are things that I would do to really get me back on track. And even that, um, I've had incredible relationships with my coaches um, beyond baseball. To this day, um, I still go over to Memorial and use the weight room whenever I want. Um, so like sometimes, even, even when I was an athlete, stepping in their office and just talking about life. Coach Guerrero, our hitting coach, is actually one of the main influences in me staying here for my grad program. Uh, of course, I wanted to stay here, but another part of me wanted to venture off. Um, I applied to other schools, got into other schools. Um, but yeah, just going to their offices, talking about life, um, establishing that relationship and sustaining that relationship. Um, to this day, I can call them about anything. So I think it's relationship building is a part of it as well. I think it's, uh, it's cool that you've got different different levels you know you've got family who will uh is arguably could be a closest level you've got friends and peers and uh coaches who would probably be that second layer um and then you've got a third layer of uh motivational speakers to a podcast uh you said inky johnson right um yes yeah so i was in school with inky johnson and, and was at the game when he got injured and uh really yeah he just um but what a what a motivational individual just because he transformed his career path um, because he certainly was on a pathway to play professional football and um, then just transformed his career path uh, into someone who's speaking and speaking life into so many other people. So uh, it's cool to hear his name continuously be brought up uh, and influencing someone like yourself who in turn has influence on our current student athletes too. So it just keeps unfolding uh, at different layers. I think too, with that being said, like Pate, there's a lot of student athletes, college athletes, like Dallas, you touched on it too. Like not everyone's going to go professional. So like, you got to have 
like, where are we going? What are we doing? Um, and so you too, like your identity gets lost um, with that. And like a lot of student athletes after they graduate, they're like, I played this sport since I was three years old. Who, who am I? Like, you're trying to redefine yourself and who you are. Let me tell you, your 20s, your late 20s, I'm still trying to figure myself out and I wasn't even a student athlete. So like it changes, but it's also like you guys have given so much to the sport and it gave you so much, like what are you without it? And like that is where I think is the biggest thing we also just kind of try to avoid in like topics and conversations. Like me and Pete have had multiple conversations on this like I want to do my research on some of this stuff like so like that's what's also hard is like you guys are juggling all of this but we're not sitting down and being like hey like who are you who are you like who are you Dallas as a person without baseball or like without like my sister she's volleyball like who are you without volleyball and I've already nailed this in her head I'm like all right like volleyball is not gonna be forever and she's like I know I know I'm like all right I'm just making sure so you have that foundation to fall back on do you are you seeing that as a challenge right now Dallas especially like one of the things listed on our topics here is pandemic world and that's impacted so many different people in so many different ways but um I think it has potential to uh, impact student athletes from that identity standpoint uh when a season was lost or a championship was lost uh even for our student athletes at jmu when we're changing conferences and now all of a sudden potential championship uh or tournament postseason play is lost uh and as ashley alluded to there's a day when that student athlete career will stop and identity could be lost too are you seeing that um or are you seeing concern among student athletes? Um, just in general, not, you know, not when I won't mention names or, or oh, no. cases, but just in general, what is it, what has it been like on the, on campus through pandemic world and your transition into graduate studies and a GA position um, through this pandemic situation that we're. I can speak for some of the student athletes. When the pandemic first started, you almost, have a sense of it's not real. Like there's no way this is actually happening. Um, I remember we actually found out. So during the closing of schools that we were going strictly online, we were at College Park at the University of Maryland in the third inning. Um, one of our managers came down from the box and said, Jamie just went online. By then we're up 15 to nothing. So we're like, oh, we're chilling. Um, but we're all like, what? We get on the bus. Um, get on the bus, win that game, we get on the bus, and on the way back, that's when Jamie announces that, like, the freshmen are going home, like, that entire thing, they officially release it. It's almost a sense, like, there's no way this is happening. Um, obviously, after the pandemic and different guidelines came along, we had to adapt to the different things, to different standards for us to play, um, for us to stay in shape. Um, Self-identity-wise, yeah, some student-athletes, like, I've always, one of the biggest things, like, I've been taught is that I'm not who I am because of baseball like I'm not like yes Dallas Jackson did play for Jamie baseball but that's not what brings my name like there's more to me than just being a student athlete um so I think for me personally I didn't really struggle with that because honestly I took the time to not only still train for baseball but I think there was a time for 
like adapting and using that downtime to your advantage. Um, start applying for grad schools because that's not easy. Um, start looking for jobs, um, updating your resume, updating your LinkedIn, doing some type of professional development for yourself that will help you for your career endeavors. Um, I know not every student athlete thinks like that, but sometimes you just have to take advantage of opportunities that you have downtown, downtime. So if practice got canceled, like thank you, Lord, for having practice being canceled. But what can I do to, instead of just sitting on the couch and just doing whatever, what can I do to better myself in a different room of my, of my life other than athletics? Because as a student athlete, athletics does take up majority of your time. Um, as you came here to play as a sport, as they know that. But um, so, yeah, like some of the challenges during the pandemic, obviously not the team camaraderie. I'm a very extra, I'm an extrovert, as you guys know. I'll talk to anybody. Um, being with my teammates, talking to them, seeing how they're doing. Um, like one of the things I do now in class, like even with our cohort, and I was actually explaining yesterday in Jewish class how close we've become in the last 15 weeks um, from not knowing each other's name to now, like, I'm saying, hey, how are you doing? How was your day to everybody? And they know. I'm always, I would always bring the energy. And then sometimes they look at me like, that. I'll sit down. I'm like, no, that will never be me. If you know me, that would never be me. Um, but yeah, the team camaraderie, not being able to be with the guys, that was tough. Um, locker room talk, being in the locker room. Those were all the memories of me. That's out to everyone. It's not on the field. I promise you, the field is a snippet of student championships. That's a snippet. A lot of the memories are in the locker room, in the weight room, on your downtime with your guys, at the tailgates of the football games, at the football games, doing different events that are aside from your sport. Those were all the memories are made. Um, and people will say, like, what was your most memorable moment as a student athlete? Guess nothing to do with being on the field. Promise you. And guess this being on the field is fun and that's what we work to do and win and win championships and win at a high level and that's going to be the standard and always will be the standard for Jamie Athletics but it's more than that more than student athletes um so yeah so well it was challenging but at the same time um it's all in perspective how you look at it um how you went about your business um how the biggest thing that if I had one, a few words to describe it, obviously being adaptable, holding yourself accountable. Um, and my thing is like being tenacious, your tenacity, like what are you gonna do to allow yourself to be successful in any given moment? So those are like the three things that our coaches preach to us um, about the whole thing and control what you can control. And that, I mean, that goes into conference alignment. I, obviously that's a hot topic here at JMU um during the that stretch of weeks when everything was going on and obviously the CAA came out and said what they said um it was difficult the student athletes of course are very opinionated um they have a voice as they should use it um as they did on social media um and I'm proud of them for that um and it was kind of tough on me because I wanted to just join in and just be like I hear you but I gotta just step back and just like calm down just relax just chill out um, but yeah, um, it goes to the, um, to the conference realignment stuff as well. Um, just being able to control what you can control. And at the end of the day, it is what it is. Like, I know it's easier said than done, but there's not, there's actually nothing we can do about it. 
um, go out there and play. And I know do the best you can, but like that's literally what it is at this point. There's it's out of our hands. It's completely out of our hands. Yeah. So like for listeners who may not um, have a full background, uh, James Madison made a decision to uh, leave the Colonial Athletic Association and join the Sun Belt Conference. And in doing so, uh, that moves all of our athletic teams into competition with a different group of athletic teams. Particularly, it affects football because uh, football no longer will compete uh, in the football championship series, FCS, uh, where we have playoffs and, uh, and, and a, a national championship in Frisco, Texas every year. Uh, and instead, we'll compete at the FBS, Football Bowl Subdivision uh, uh, level. What that means is we have a chance, if we won six games, we could get invited as a football team to go play in a bowl game, uh, which we see the Alabamas and the Ohio States and Georgias and the Michigans and the, the world all competing in. So um, what that is, the, in response to that, the CAA issued a statement that uh, they enacted a a long-standing rule that a member institution that's leaving the conference can no longer uh, compete for postseason championships in this current academic year. So that impact that will impact baseball, that will impact softball, swimming and diving. It already impacted volleyball. It already impacted um, one of our soccer teams. It'll impact track and field. These are all teams that compete annually for conference championships. And so now all of a sudden there's a cohort of student athletes who won't get that opportunity, particularly those who are seniors this year. And so, um, uh, yeah, I just wanted to get a little background uh, to what Dallas was mentioning about, you know, student athletes who were, you, you can only control what you can control. And I would imagine it was hard for you to just sit and you got a taste of professionalism at that moment, right? Like, holy cow, I, I, I want to be right in the, in the trenches with you, uh, my friends, and battle and be outspoken. But there's a professional title that you hold and you had to, oh, <laughs> you had to follow. A thousand percent. A thousand, <laughs> one thousand percent. I mean, from the time uh, our athletic director, Jeff Bourne, called, uh, entire whole athletic meeting in the EVC and um, reveal the news. I, I just, I, then I saw them as my peers, my friends. Um, I wanted to just jump in right with them. I was like, I hear you. I want to be on social media with you. I can't, I hear you, but I can't, I can't. Um, so yeah, that was tough. But of course I, as always have an open door policy if the student athletes want to come in and speak with me and ask any questions or my opinion, I would gladly share that with them in private in my office. Um, but yeah, it was definitely challenging for them and um, I empathize with them during that whole um, ordeal, but I think it's gonna be better off for Jamie Athletics. I mean, I think we're moving into a conference that's gonna allow for growth and development for all, all of our teams. Um, and I think the transition is gonna be difficult, but. If it was easy, everyone would do it. So, yeah. Yeah. But if you recall, way back in the day, Dallas, when we were in SRM 242 and we talked about mental skills training and the psychology aspect uh, of sport, um, one of the things that we always bring up in that class during that section is this idea that you don't have to compromise your values when you're working for a company or in a professional role, but you certainly have to 
adhere to what the what the organization um, how it is issuing a statement or how the organization is responding or how the organization is deciding to uh, move forward uh, because you're part of that organization and sometimes you can be viewed as the face of the organization even if you're not uh, it can be construed that way and so I think what you're what you're explaining it, it certainly brings that to life that um, you know you certain you can have your own opinions and your own your own response and your own feelings that's going to be natural but um, as an employee in the professional world sometimes that uh, that can put a little bit of a um, a bigger cloak over what our feelings and our our natural personal responses can be I think that's true as a fan too if you're a fan of a team and working for an organization um, it's great if you want to cheer them on but win or lose you still got a job to do you know and, oh, yeah win or lose or, or postseason or not postseason from the CAA still got a job to do. So that's kind of, it's, it's, it's encouraging for me as a faculty member to see that, man, you're living that out and putting it into practice. Um, and by no means losing your voice uh, from what I understand. Right. right, right, right. And some of the student athletes, they, um, they come to me for not only the do stuff, but sometimes they just come to just talk, like to ask questions like this, like, how do you like basically what makes you like what makes you you like how do you go from being a student athlete then going from working for JMU athletics and get like how does that how do they correlate and I was it's just all perspective like what you want to do your passion um and just go for it just go for it that simple and it's crazy looking back I can't believe I'm in grad school right now I feel like I was just a freshman like yesterday like I can remember moving in, like everything that happened, and now my fifth year here, I'm like, holy crap, where is time gone? It moves faster, Dallas. It just continues faster. I know. <laughs> so I hope that grad school goes well, and you guys, and it like makes my heart really happy that like cohort, you guys are really close in 15 weeks. Like that's what we did. Um, I say we, cause Allie was the one that like pushed us all to go out after class, get close. And like, we have a cohort group message now. We still talk about it. One of our um, cohort members, he just won the um, women's soccer, just won a championship in D3 and we all congratulated him on it. Um, so it's like those things, like when you're talking about memories, like grad school, blink of an eye, um, but like enjoy it because like those people, have become my network and some of my closest friends so like I'm also going to New York this weekend to go see one of them so like it's those relationships too that like we spend a lot of time together in and outside of the classroom as well and it's great like when I tell you like first few weeks of class like I'm gonna be who I am no matter if I know you or not like I know they probably had to think I was crazy <laughs> I'm not kidding because I'm talking about no words from people I'm like all right listen here if I'm gonna be in class with y'all every day, I'm gonna need some type of energy. I need to, you need to mirror me, like uh, just a little bit. I'm not asking for much. Ask me how my day is. Say hello. If you need anything, like just something. And I'm always in the class early, so when people are coming in, I'm always, I'm at them. You're not gonna walk in without a presence. I'm like, what's up? What you doing? How's your day? Like, what you get into today? Like, you do this, you do that. Ask Dr. Shunk. I yeah. get whenever Dr. Shunk, I'm always 
yelling at Dr. Sean. I'm like, Sean, what's up? Especially during October baseball. Oh yeah. Yeah. We all thought we talked about baseball every day. You gotta bring some life to the research class, man. Right. You got to. You got to. You have to. You have to. That's awesome. To transition that in, um, to I think you should be a professor. Um, you can talk to Pete about that one. Um, but I really think you could make it impact <laughs> at a higher level than like what you wanna go and do already. Um, so if you're trying to get like a PhD or something, I think you should do it. You sound like Shonk. <laughs> every day Shonk tells me. He tells me every day. So you go get your PhD. I'm like, well, watch yourself. We're like in class three of my master's PhD. I haven't even thought that far. <laughs> Nobody, yeah, very few people think that far, Dallas. But look, it ain't, if you don't aim high, you don't achieve big things. Right? Oh, I know. I know. I know. I'm gonna, of course I'm going to consider I've had some people put some things in my ear about it. I'll consider. You have a lot of advice for students. Um, and I like really just, um, you touched on a lot of good points and I think we'll, we'll skip that one. Um, but what was your like turning point um, in the sense of making you want, like you're like the moment you realize, okay, like I want to just not only be in athletics, but like I wanna make like this a career path um, for my professional. Um, I think it, the foundation of that comes from, like I said, my family. Um, I love helping others. I love inspiring others. Um, if it's speaking to little kids or speaking to college athletes, um, I think the turning point for me is when I realized that like inspiring others and motivating others to reach their peak potential is what drives me to do well. And ultimately, I'm gonna be selfish and want myself to do well. So if that means helping others, that means that's what I'm gonna do. And I think staying in leadership and development um, and working hands-on with the student athletes, I think that's the, one of the perfect fits for it because every day is not the same. Different meetings, get to do this while I'm at work. Um, I, every, every day is different. So um, I think that and being able to I speak with Jen um, Phillips. Um, she's been a great mentor to me alongside with Meredith. Um, just talking just about life and getting through people, getting to people. Um, so I think the turning point for me is, yeah, when I realized that I want, I want others to maximize their career or their student athlete career experience. Um, and how can I do that? How can I help them do what they want in life? I think I, that, would, that would probably be my turning point in terms of that's professionally. Like when I was a student athlete, probably didn't think I was going to do this at all um, because I was just, I guess, lack of maturity, lack of reality, I guess you can say. But yeah, you got to flip the switch eventually. And that's, and that's okay. Um, but that goes into my next one, which I'm excited about because we haven't been able to ask it yet just with our guests we've had. But like, what's the impact that Dallas wants to make? Like you talked about it, but like, what's next? Like, yeah, you're getting your master's, but like, what's next? Like my biggest question to people now, you know, people ask like, oh, what do you want to do? And I was at Le Gourmet, pun for the heart school on Friday. And I got to sit next to a hospitality management student who's graduating in May. And I was like, 
I'm not going to ask you what you want to do, but I'm going to ask you, what do you want to be left with? Like, say like when you die, whenever you die, I was like, what do you hope you have left? And like, where do you want, like, how do you want to be remembered by? And so he was like, oh, That's I've never time. asked that. So yes. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause like the most simplistic questions are the hardest ones to answer um, always, but what's next for me? Um, I always say I'm like Meredith when I'm done here I need you to get a new job so I can take yours but obviously that's not realistic um but yeah exactly that um I want to say in student athlete leadership development uh, I think working hands-on with student athletes it has allowed me to create new ideas new initiatives for myself for programs and I ultimately would love to be at a university or college that has an existing leadership development program that just needs some enhancement um, not necessarily developing or growing one from rock bottom, but that's all student athlete leadership and development is the enhancement from year to year. What can we, what new things can we bring in doing, speaking, talking to people, going to podcasts, going to different forums and events. Those are where you get your ideas and your initiatives for your leadership development program. Um, of course, some things have just come from my head, but I, I'll tell Meredith, I saw this at Ohio State. I saw this at Clemson. I saw this at you name the student athlete leadership development program that's successful. Like obviously it's going well for them. So we need to do something or a modified version to implement it into our program um, to guide our student athletes to success. So I think for me, what's next is staying in student athlete leadership development. Um, and like I said, impacting student athletes, kind of showing them that they're more than who they are on the field. Um, I actually just finished writing a story for Carly Livers, who's our senior women's golf player here at uh, JMU. She attended the NCAA Student Athlete Leadership Forum in Houston, Texas. So right before Thanksgiving, she flew out there, had a ball. And her investment in her career and her future is what drives me to want to do the things I do. How, like, how important her career and her life is outside of being on the golf course is what drives me. I love it. And we have plenty of student athletes that do just do things just like that, attend different activities, um, but getting the 100% buy-in from all student athletes, coaches, administrators to um, seek the investment, seek the investment in our student athletes. See, I was thinking that your response was going to be that you're going to be the first athletic director under the age of 28, <laughs> but whatever. I mean, if you want to stay in student athlete development, that's cool. I think you're on a good path, but I was thinking athletic director and, or perhaps PhD, whatever Dallas, as long as you. Yeah, that's fine. Those, those can come. You can talk, um, we can talk to Jeff Bourne or <laughs> connected. And that's another thing. I mean, actually the connections I've made with this GA, I talk to everybody, mm -hmm. everybody. And even like, even with class, like I, yesterday we had last closing statements in Julie's class. And one of the things it said, is like, those different stances. So say like, I appreciated the yet the feeling. I learned that. And I said for my appreciated, we had a leadership case study assignment where we had interviewed two leaders in sport. And I was lucky enough to have mentors and coach Marlon Eikenberry, our head baseball coach here at JMU and Jennifer Phillips to connect me with Jamal Walton, who is the Associate AD for Strategic Initiatives at the University of Washington. He was formerly at College of Charleston 
He was a very good friend of Coach Ike. And then I had um, Lindsey Babcock, who is the a senior women's administrator, senior women's administrator at Wake Forest. So being able to speak with them and connect with them, I promise you, lifelong relationships. Like Jamal, after I finished talking to Jamal, I felt like family. Like literally family. I mean, you know, you can you can be outspoken like yourself, right? And but that doesn't always put you in the room or in the on the phone or whatever it is. Um, you can have a nice position, but that doesn't always allow you to foster a good conversation. Um, and in, I think what you're saying is you've been fortunate uh, to because of your ability to be outgoing and your ability to see an opportunity when it's there and take advantage and jump in it. Um, that's uh, that's put you in a good spot to assist with your personality of being an outgoing person, but also take advantage of the platform uh, that, you know, that you're working with right now. So, um, you know, the professor in me wants to say, uh, make sure you follow up with those people, <laughs> you oh, know, thousand percent. I, yeah. um, I sent them a nice little Thanksgiving email. There you go. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoy your time, but, uh, absolutely following up with them. And even the panels, the panelists that we had in Julie's car on Julie, Julie Carr's class, like following up with them, like thanking them. Um, cause those, I know those little things go a long ways, um, with connecting with people. And that's all, that's what I'm all about. I love speaking to people. I love talking to people. I think it's just in me, like people, Meredith always says like, um, can you call my absolutely, put it on my little professional voice, uh, my community, like my professional voice and just go about my day. See, professor, just saying. Um, <clears throat> my mom's a teacher. Well, she's a retired teacher, so it might just be in me as well. As a teacher, always a teacher, Dallas. <laughs> that is very true. What's the mantra you live by? Wow. The mantra I live by. This one's gonna be tough. Um, I live by a lot of things. First thing, I would say I have two different values that I live by: being dynamic and tenacious. Dynamic, being not having a multi-dimensional skill set, being able being able to do different things, um, and also tenacious, the relentless pursuit to be successful, um, doing anything everything to, um, in my power to be successful the right way, in the right way, in the right room. Um, also, also live by I am who I am by the virtue of my experiences, um, positive and negatively. Um, I try to learn from my experiences, take, um, trying to assess takeaways on how I can implement it to future things. Um, those would be very two things. Also, in terms of like motivation and getting things done, everything in my eyes is black and white. You're either going to do it or you're not. There's no like, eh, I'm going to maybe half ass it. No, it's either going to do it or you're not. That's simple. Um, cut and dry. Um, yeah, that's simple. You're either going to do it or you're not. And why not? And why not me? What's holding you back? What am I scared of? Nothing? Okay, let's do it. Let's rock. That's simple. I love that. That's the title of the episode. You know that, right? Why not? Why not me? Why not me? You're either going to do it or you're not. I love yeah, it. Yeah. It's that simple. Those are probably the top two things. I'm always writing down inspirational quotes I hear from coaches. Mm -hmm. I love hearing coaches speak. Um, 
everyone like listening to like Nick Saban and different um, college coaches like that. I love hearing all of them speak. Would they preach their teams? Would they try to get out of their teams? Because it, you can apply, it's very applicable. You can apply it to life. I think that's the biggest thing. But yeah, those are probably like the three main things off the top of my head. I probably have a list of quotes and things I look at. Those are probably the three main ones. I'm like, yeah, that, that keeps me going. This is going to be an episode where I text Pate and I'm like, Pate, <laughs> did it again. Um, I had just finished editing. Uh, we just had Colleen on um, and I just finished editing that. And so I texted Pate. I was like, this is amazing. This is awesome. Like she maybe just like want to get back into athletics um, and talking with you. I'm like, I need to do more. How can I do more? Um, so uh, it's been amazing to have you on. Again, I like, we joke that you were like a series of five, but like actually you may be. No, I'm serious. You need me, I'm telling you. I could talk for days on any of those topics, any of them. When you sent me the outline, like I didn't prepare. I said, listen, I'm not going to prepare anything. I'm just going to speak from my mind and my heart. And I'm just going to say what I say. Like it is what it is. And when I saw journey pandemic i was like yeah that's a good one that's said nil and then the conference i said oh yeah we're gonna have a good time and before i came in here i told meredith because i was in her office talking i said listen before you have me do whatever i got i got business to handle and she started laughing i was like what i actually don't know <laughs> she was like, oh, well, hey. tell her i said hi um i'm also probably gonna text her after this too and just be rave about you too but I really do appreciate you taking the time. Um, I know you're busy. I know you got a lot going on. Um, and I appreciate you being on this. Um, you were a great first for us as just a current student. Um, and definitely wish you the best of luck with everything. Thank you. I want to thank both of you um, for everything. Obviously, the conversations we've had in transition, Ashley, then obviously me being a student in your class, Dr. Pate. Uh, it's been great. I'm looking forward to future future videos and conferences like this. I'm telling you, if you need me, tell me, text me, email me, Dr. Pay, if you see me, I got you. I love I can speak about it all. I'm telling you, I can speak about it all. I feel like I've experienced right. a lot. I was in, in such in a quick five years of being in college. Um, I think there's a lot to touch on and I love it. Well, I let me brag on you for a moment, Dallas. Um, I've always said to um, our faculty that, um, I mean, there's multiple student athletes along the way that really stick out. Um, you know, you know what the stigma of student athlete looks like oh. in the classroom. And, um, oh, yeah. and you're definitely, you don't fall under that. Um, you speak and you contribute and you're thoughtful. And so that, like, that's not just appreciated in the classroom. That's significant, like that solidifies your reputation in so many different ways. Like, um, and so, uh, man, uh, just keep doing what you're doing. You're making a lot of people proud that you're part of the Heart School. And um, and so, uh, yeah, it's just, it's been really fun to see you develop and grow. And I know that there's big, huge things ahead. Um, so, um, yeah, it's just really cool. Wow, this, this is fun. God, we could talk for hours. So, so we're hanging out again next week, right? <laughs> whenever you want, listen, whenever you want, you let me know, I, I got you.